Okay, thrill seekers. I got a question on the, what do you call it, uh, comment section? And it went like this. I'm struggling with having a goalless practice. I'm curious if you have any insight. What is considered a goal? Should I not be setting goals like to meditate every day? Should I not have a goal to acquire wisdom and follow the precepts? Or is it more big picture things like a goal of enlightenment? Maybe these things have to start out as goals, but we shouldn't get hung up on them and just incorporate them into our being? Question mark. Last one was oddly phrased as a question, but that's okay. We get it. So this is a question that I've addressed a bunch of times. So apologies to anybody who's getting tired of hearing me talk about goalless practice. My teacher, Gudo Nishijima, Roshi did not use the term goalless practice that, that I remember. His preferred phrase for it was practice without intention. And he got in a big argument with Mike Cross, who was the co-translator of Shobo Genzo, which I'm going to get to in a sec, about whether Zazen was a state without intention. And Nishijima Roshi insisted very strongly, Zazen is a state without intention. And Mike was saying, Zazen is not a state without intention. There's a few things I can say about this. One of them is that anybody who does a practice like Zazen has some kind of intention and some kind of goal with it. I, in my case, when I first started, I was aware that my thinking was extremely frazzled and I was upset about lots of things and life and death matters and, and what happens after you die and, and all these things about my future and I was 18 years old and I was a college student so a lot was going on and I wanted to find a way to work on that especially the philosophical problems the deep philosophical problems and so what I got into Zazen for was because I hoped it would solve my deep fizzle <laughs> sorry about that philosophical problems about life the universe and everything which were affecting my ability just to deal with anything you know I just wanted to crawl into a hole somewhere you know and, and forget the whole thing at that point in my life but I knew I couldn't do that I knew I had to live somehow and the only way I was going to be able to manage to get through life was to have a practice focused on answering these kind of deep philosophical questions and Zazen seemed like the most sensible way to deal with this. I, I looked at other things which all seemed to boil down, other philosophies and things, religions, which all seemed to boil down to accepting somebody else's idea of what was true. You know, you just accept what's in the Bible, or you accept what uh, Krishna said in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, or you accept, uh, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Norman Vincent Peale or somebody, I don't know who you, you accept, but you accept somebody else's uh, ideas about how life are, and then, and then you'll feel happy. That wasn't going to work for me. I couldn't accept somebody else's idea of how things are. It's just, it just not going to work because I could never do it sincerely. It's not even that I don't think they're good. There's a lot of times I would read things like uh, at the time I was reading a lot of Jiddu Krishnamurti and I thought Jiddu Krishnamurti was pretty good. Uh, it's, it's not that I thought those ideas were necessarily even bad, but I had to see it for myself. I had to be able to understand it for myself. And Zazen seemed like a way that if there was a an ultimate truth accessible to a human being then 
doing this practice seem like the best way to find that? That was at least my thinking. So, so I'm saying right off the top of the bat, I had an intention, I had a goal for Zazen, and that's why I did it, and that's why I did it so diligently for so many years. So the thing is, you, you have a goal, you have an intention, everybody does. The point of intentionless practice is that in the middle, in the midst of practice, in, in the actual doing of the practice, that you throw away that intention. You, you're not comparing your practice to what you think it should be. And if you find yourself comparing your practice to what you think it should be, you don't worry about that. And if you find yourself worrying about the, that you're comparing your practice to what it should be, you don't worry about that. So you just continuously, it's like a continuous to me throwing away. You're just kind of every time you, you think that there's something that you're going to have to do or you're going to have to make this better, you throw that away. Except for one thing, and this is the Nishijima style, Nishijima Roshi's style of practice, is that you focus on posture. I guess this is also would be Dogen's style of practice too. You're, you're only sort of thing that you're adjusting as you go on is is your posture and your posture also includes your kind of mental posture so each time you see yourself reaching for something you just kind of go okay stop reaching for something and then if immediately you're reaching for something again you stop it again and if immediately you're reaching for it again this is what it's like for me to do this practice and it's what it's like been like for 35 years so if it's like that for you don't worry that's the way it goes having said that Considering the goals I had when I first started this practice in 1982 or three or whatever year it was, I I, uh, I guess I've accomplished them in a sense. I mean, I've I've had those moments of of clarity enough to kind of see uh, see that my initial picture of the world that I carried around the universe and myself and everything was wrong which as I've said before doesn't mean it's replaced with the right view but it's it's a big step when you understand that your whole conceptual framework for for life has been wrong that's that's a difficult step so don't trivialize that one but even so I still keep setting goals I want things to be other than how they are this is this is the the story of of one's life and it may be something that we as human beings are stuck with this is my after working with it for so many years i'm kind of uh, of the opinion that we're kind of stuck with it it's a sort of a karmic something you know however you want to explain it we're stuck with the fact that we're always going to be dissatisfied with the way things are and trying to to change it so you just don't you don't do anything with that. You just have it. I know this is sound, sounds terrible. Let's get to the specific questions, though. Uh, should I not be setting a goal to meditate every day? Uh, I do, you know. I, I uh, But as I've said before, to me, it's a bit like the goal to brush my teeth every day. This is the way it gets, you know, it's gotten after all these years. So it no longer feels like I'm, you know, setting an intention, as they say, as the kids say these days, to meditate every day. It's more like, uh, I know I'm not going to feel good unless I do it. So, you know, there you go. Uh, should I not have a goal to acquire wisdom or follow the precepts? Sure, those are those are good goals. You know, I, I try to follow the precepts. I don't really think of it as a goal. Um, and I talked about the big picture goals of enlightenment. 
and getting hung up and just incorporate them into anything that's a kind of a strategy i think the the place uh, to go to for this if you want to read dogen's take and here is gudonishima and choto cross before they started arguing about intention or maybe when they were arguing about intention uh, this is their translation, and it appears in Book One of Shobo Genzo in a chapter called Kokyo, which means the Eternal Mirror. And I also did my own paraphrase of this chapter in my book, uh, Don't Be a Jerk. So, the end of this chapter is a little bit that I'm just going to read for you, and then we'll see where we go from there. And this is this is what Dogen says in the Nishijima Cross translation. Nangaku once one day goes to Baso's hut. We don't have to worry about Baso. He's a famous Zen master, and so is Nangaku. Nangaku is Baso's teacher. So Baso student, Nangaku is teacher. But by this time, Baso is already a teacher himself. So that's the setting. So there you go. One day, Nangaku goes to Baso's hut, where Baso stands waiting. Nangaku says, the teacher says, What are you doing these days? The teacher says to his student, who's already a teacher now, uh, Baso says, these days I just sit. Nangaku says, what is the aim of sitting in Zazen? Baso says, the aim of sitting in Zazen is to become Buddha. Nangaku promptly fetches a tile and polishes it on a rock near Baso's hut. Baso, on seeing this, asks, what is the master doing? Nangaku says, polishing a tile. Baso says, what is the use of polishing a tile? Nangaku says, I am polishing it into a mirror. And one thing to remember is back in those days, mirrors weren't make, made of glass with a shiny back like they are these days. They were made of highly polished metal. So you'd find a piece of metal and polish it until it shone enough to make a mirror. And obviously a tile is never going to shine that clearly. Okay, So I'm polishing it to make it into a mirror. Basso says, how can polishing a tile make it into a mirror? Nangaku says, how can sitting zazen make you into a Buddha? Now, that's a koan which was already a, a big cliche even when Dogen wrote about it. So Dogen's going to give us his commentary on it, and maybe you and I can make something of it as we read along with him. For several hundred years, since ancient times, most people interpreting this story, great matter that it is, he thinks it's a good story, have thought that Nangaku was simply spurring Baso on. That is not necessarily so. The actions of great saints far transcend the states of common folk. Without the dharma of polishing a tile, how could the great saints have any expedient method of teaching people? So this whole thing is usually looked at as polishing a tile is useless uh, for... Uh, turning it into a mirror, therefore sitting zazen is useless for turning it into you into a Buddha, person into a Buddha, regular person into a Buddha. That is the normal interpretation that now Dogen is turning on his head. He's saying, without the dharma of polishing a tile, i.e. sitting zazen, how could great saints have any expedient method of teaching people? The power to teach people is the bones and marrows of a Buddhist patriarch, or a Buddhist ancestor if you like. Although Nangaku has devised it, this teaching method is a common tool. Teaching methods other than common tools and everyday utensils are not transmitted in the house of Buddha. Interesting. Further, the impression on Baso is immediate. Clearly, the virtue authentically transmitted by the Buddhist ancestors is directness. Clearly, in truth, when polishing a tile becomes a mirror, Baso becomes Buddha.
When Baso becomes Buddha, Baso immediately becomes Baso. When Baso becomes Baso, Zazen immediately becomes Zazen. So when you become yourself, Zazen becomes Zazen. When you become just as you are, Zazen is Zazen. This is why the making of mirrors through the polishing of tiles has been dwelt in and retained in the bones and marrow of eternal Buddhas, and this being so, the eternal mirror exists having been made from a tile. While we have been polishing this mirror in the past also, it has never been tainted. Tiles are not dirty, we just polish a tile as a tile. In this state, the virtue of making a mirror is realized, and this is just the effort of Buddhist ancestors. If polishing a tile does not make a mirror, polishing a mirror cannot make a mirror either. Who can suppose that in this making there is both becoming Buddha and making a mirror? Further, to express a doubt, is it possible, when polishing the eternal mirror, to mistakenly think that the polishing is making a tile? Token's getting weird on us, but let's keep going. The real state at the time of polishing is, at other times, beyond comprehension. So, there's kind of your answer. Your real state is beyond comprehension. As I've talked about before, there are times in Zazen where one can truly see that no matter what one does, and I'm talking about myself here as one, uh, you can't disturb Zazen, even though you think you're disturbing it. Nonetheless, because Nangaku's words must exactly express the expression of the truth, it may be in conclusion that simply polishing a tile makes a mirror. People today also should try taking up tiles of the present and polishing them, and they will certainly become mirrors. If tiles did not become mirrors, people could not become Buddhas. If we despise tiles as lumps of mud, then we might also despise people as lumps of mud. If people have mind, tiles must also have mind. There's an interesting statement. Who can recognize that there are mirrors in which, when tiles come, tiles appear? He's talking about uh, this uh, old koan where the, uh, the eternal mirror, and he's been talking about this earlier in the chapter, when a foreigner comes, a foreigner is reflected. When uh, uh, another person comes, uh, the, the person is reflected. So the mirror reflects everything as it is. So your zazen reflects you as you are. And who can recognize that there are mirrors in which, when mirrors come, mirrors appear? The end. That's how he ends the chapter. And I think that's beautiful. He's being Dogen, as he always is, and being contradictory and saying things that, in terms of sort of standard logic, don't add up. He's saying one thing and then contradicting it. But he's also expressing the fact that these contradictions are part of reality itself and that is the way things are things are always exactly as they are and the fact that things are contradictory is part of reality so logic is good for lots of things but when you want to try to have the full picture of of reality the kind of standard a cannot equal B sort of logic. I don't know. I, I, I've I failed logic in philosophy, but uh, as you can see. But uh, it doesn't work. Uh, you, you're accepting contradictory things all the time.
so that is my talk about polishing mirror and goalless practice. I'm laughing because it probably made no sense at all to anybody out there, but I enjoyed saying it, so that's good. I felt like I got somewhere. I don't know if you did. If you want to contribute to me getting somewhere with all these things, you can contribute to the URL you're seeing on the screen below, which is hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is my only way of making a living, and I really appreciate those of you who contribute to my being able to buy dog food and peanut butter and bananas because that is where it all comes from so thank you very much but as I always say this is offered for free so you do not have to feel obligated to donate uh, I just thank you if you can so there you go see you next time have a good time all the time bye